The current climate is wrought with racial unrest, and there have been so many people seeking perspective on what people who have a different point of view in their everyday life experience. People are trying to understand each other. Well, some people. This show offers a look at that same perspective through the story of two different women. Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon play Mia Warren and Elena Richardson in Little Fires Everywhere. I absolutely love this show. It's another one of those rare series that hits you from all sides and layers. Each character in ways that maybe you don't even realize as you're watching. If I had to choose a theme for the show, I would say perspective and assuming. Throughout the series, we see the same situations from two very different perspectives. The story of two women, Mia and Elena, was first delivered in the book by Celeste Nyan. The novel takes place in the author's hometown of Shaker Heights, Ohio. The author, who's originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, moved to the suburban Ohio area at a very young age. This show focuses on the stories of two women, Mia Warren and Elena Richardson, and how the lives of these two complete strangers become intertwined due to their children. Mia is a traveling artist and a single mother who moves from town to town with her now teenage daughter, getting inspiration for shows and the pieces that she works on. Elena Richardson is the embodiment of what we would now call a Karen. Does so in a great way of being subtle, but shows us the differences between the women's experience based on their privilege or lack thereof. While both of their lives are so different, we find as the series progresses, so many similarities between the women. A big theme of the show is perception and the difference between the haves and the have nots. Watching this show and this current racial climate was so interesting because it's a lesson in everyday racism and microaggression. Time after time, we see Elena and others making little comments and taking actions that perpetuate the stereotypes they have for people of color and those who are not as privileged as they. The series also mirrors the perspectives and experiences of Mia and Elena also showing each character in similar situations, but with very different outcomes. One of the first scenes in the show includes Mia and her daughter Pearl arriving into Elena's town, sleeping in their car after traveling overnight. Elena sees the pair asleep and she makes a decision to call the police. This scene has a particular sting as we are in a what I've heard called the woke renaissance, where social media is constantly exposing the real life experiences of black Americans and other people of color as enduring unnecessary calls to the police. The term Karen has even been born and has latched itself to our everyday lexicon as a way to identify the type of person, usually a woman, who makes other people's business their own even when doing everyday things like walking, jogging, or shopping. The show pulls full circle showing Elena out traveling. And when she falls asleep in her car, a police officer comes to her, but not to admonish her or first force her to move on, but instead to do a wellness check and let her know that she may want to move along for her safety as she is in a bad, AKA black neighborhood. There are so many examples of these mirrored experiences between the women that is summed up beautifully in a quote by Kerry Washington playing Mia Warren. Alone in the cold in front of a fire station. You didn't make good choices. You had good choices. 
options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Again, that's the difference between you and me. I would never make this about race. Elena, you made this about race when you stood out there in the street and begged me to be your maid. While the women are a framework and a reflection of subtle racism and wealth gap disparities in our culture, the children are like a bomb ready to explode. Elena is the socialite queen bee of the neighborhood. She views herself as a gatekeeper into the suburban fantasy life and prides herself on a home and family that she and her husband have cultivated. Elena is a mother of four. Trip, who is shown as a typical vapid jock and a privileged rich boy who cares more about parties and runs on the field than anything else. Lexi, who is becoming a carbon copy of her mother Elena and whose desire and pressure to be perfect may make her or break her. Moody is the brooding smart guy who just can't seem to get out of the friend zone with the new girl of his dreams. And Izzy. Izzy is the rebel and self-proclaimed black sheep of the family who finds herself in more ways than one during the show. On the flip side, Mia is the mother of one, Pearl, the smart beauty who tries to navigate herself and her place in a shiny new world that is so different from her own. While the mothers are the frame and set the tone of the show, the children are what moves the storylines along. They are the catalyst of everything in the show and expose how ideas and pain can travel from one generation to the next. Not only do we see these two stories of these two mothers layered, but we also see an introduction to a different type of story. The story of Bibi and reproclaiming her biological child that she gave up for health and for socioeconomic reasons. This brings the families together really at a head as the court case really starts to divide where these two parties and where these two women lie ideologically. Watching the storylines of these children is like watching cycles repeat themselves and waiting for the new generation to break those curses that sometimes plague us all. Tripp goes on a journey of discovering that he's not just a mass of hormones and instincts. He can connect with someone else on a deeper level. Even though he has started off as the typical horny teenager, he too can develop layers and complexities as long as he is willing to be honest with himself and the others around him. Moody goes on a long journey in the opposite direction. He learns a lesson about friendship and boundaries and facing his own flaws after always being a sounding board for others. Recognizing that his ability to fulfill the nice guy trope doesn't guarantee a win in his column. Lexi is something else. I actually found myself irritated every moment that she was on screen. She was the embodiment of every mean girl with a layer of privilege that was so thick, I actually felt heavier in my seat whenever she was on screen. She manipulated everyone around her to get what she wants, either by flexing her wealth and access, also to help her remove some of the guilt of her own unrealized racism. She doesn't see herself as racist because she's friends with black people and even has a black boyfriend. But the friendships and relationships feel like tools for her own agenda. She uses the black people around her for her personal gain or for entrance into rare groups. It's trendy to be around black culture and by her proximity, therefore, so is she. She literally gentrified the oppression of another person 
and used it to advance herself. And very much like her mother is unable to see how problematic she is. But she goes on a full journey to really realize that pressure is doing to her and really where that seat of privilege puts her. You think Izzy's the fuck up in this family, but she's not. I am. I used Pearl. I stole a sorority to get into Yale. I wrote her name down at the clinic. Mom, I got pregnant. I got the abortion, not her. And I mean, I tried. I really tried to tell you everything. There's all this pressure to be all of these things, to be fucking perfect, but I'm not. I'm not fucking perfect! Yes, you are! No, I'm not! In a conversation later on in the series that she has with her boyfriend, who really kind of nails home that she may have some things that she needs to work out in herself. That her using other people to her advantage can be akin to racism, even if she doesn't see it on the surface. Izzy is on a journey as well. A journey for her, she feels that stigma of not fitting into the picture-perfect persona that her mother is so pressed to be present in public. Her sister is so happy to wear like a mask and her brothers and father are passively just trying to tolerate. Izzy is the individual, the weird girl trope, at least at first. But she too learns a lesson in self-actualization. Izzy understands that she is different and doesn't fit inside the carbon copy box that her mother wants her to and that her sister naturally gravitates towards. Her journey includes finding a place on the spectrum of sexuality and allows us as an audience to see a version of a coming out story and how interactions add to the experience of coming out, positive or negative. She is the unwanted child that has been discovering who she is and more importantly, who the people around her really are. This journey solidifies with a fiery conversation with her mother, Elena, showing Izzy once and for all that she and everyone else had known her entire life. Only this time, said out loud, straight from the horse's mouth. What are you doing? She's fine. She's just upset. That's all. What does it matter with you? It's all for me. You need professional help. This infatuation with Mia, this crush. It's not a crush. That was April. She was my girlfriend for a fucking year. Mia was the one person who actually cared about me. I just wanted her to be my mom. A mom who actually loved me. A mom who was nothing like you. Do you think I wanted a daughter like you? I never wanted you in the first place. Mom! Again, this show gave me life. There was not one episode where I didn't walk away wanting to have an in-depth conversation about the themes of that episode. This show did a great job of finding depth in each character, but not allowing one hero or another. It was a lesson in the challenges that we all face and what one person's challenges are versus another. It's a lesson in perception and assumption that we are all built out of layers of energy and experiences. We are all flawed. And those flaws sometimes are bred from the worst parts of ourselves. And when faced with that, what do we do? The entire show is built around the opening scene of the Richardson house scene burning to the ground and us discovering the mystery of who started the fire. Once our journey through a series has reached its conclusion, the final episode gives us a mirrored charter of its main character. And she and we 
answer the question of the fire's accountability and all the little fires that led up to it. The little fires that were essentially everywhere. Thank you for joining us on this breakdown of our experience watching this really groundbreaking show, Little Fires Everywhere. If you haven't been able to watch it, make sure you check it out now streaming on Hulu. Keep checking back each week for more content as well. Let us know what's on your mind and it may turn into a blog. Stop by our Patreon to become a member, support our content and get some great exclusives. Here's some information on how you connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, online. You can email us topics and email some of our bloggers as well. We also do weekly and monthly shout outs to small businesses. So if you have one, go ahead and send us an email. We might be able to highlight you. Thank you again for stopping by MickeyKing.com.